Uh, uh, hi everyone. Uh, this is Amitabh. Nineteenth uh, of September, six fifteen p.m. I have a guest with us, and uh, this is Man Walks Into a Rabbit Hole, the long form conversation series. If you don't like the long form series, then you should skip this episode because this can run into a good uh, uh, hour or two. uh what what we have agreed uh, between the guest and i and i'll introduce the guest in just a minute what we have agreed is that we'll try and start timing ourselves at around an hour and then allow the next 10 15 minutes to close uh from what we prepped up a bit looks like we might have a lot to talk so we might actually do many many follow up episodes and uh, the guest is such that i think it will be a joy to talk uh, for me personally so it's been really uh, fun that way even just prepping up yesterday a bit uh so uh, with that uh, just a quick introduction to the series itself i've spoken enough about it uh, it's it's just uh, uh my definition of a rabbit hole is anything that makes you pause and ponder anything that makes you think about your own life uh really started as a simple exercise trying to figure out uh what the broader things in life could be and how sense and purpose could be derived from various things uh that's really the whole background and today's guest is a dear friend uh, a brother and everything else rolled into one uh, his name is nilesh uh, and uh, that's about it i'll pause there i'll let him introduce himself in whatever form and shape he wants to share with us so nilesh all yours Hi Amitabh, thanks for having me over. This is this is like a fantastic concept that you've hit up on, and it will be pretty interesting to kind of shoot the breeze with you for a little while. First time in the uh, hot seat, na? ऐसा लग रहा है ना कि कुछ MTV वगैरह में बैठा है. ये ये मेरे दिमाग में मतलब वो BBC Mastermind का feeling आ रहा है. ऊपर से मतलब light is shining on my face वाली बात हो रही है. Go on, let's have fun. Go on. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Go on. So no, so just for the interest of the innocent bystanders who are listening and are about to get victimized, uh, I've I've I'm I'm a operations professional by by profession. <laughs> um, I have lived across Kolkata and Bangalore and lived around the world, so fairly love traveling and things like that. Um, Amitabh and I basically don't need a topic to talk about. We can talk about anything and everything, and just randomly keep at it, and it'll evolve into from one topic to the other. And we are a little bit like monkeys jumping from tree to tree, from topic to topic in that sense. And uh, Yeah, he's he's someone I agree. Like we started off as colleagues first, and then it became something far deeper and far more meaningful than that. Albeit fueled considerably by uh, you know mutual interests and mutual love for things like coffee and wine, uh, one counteracting the other. Perhaps we'll see exactly how this all shapes up then. Huh? Yes. <laughs> no, I think. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Nilesh, you speak Bengali, so do you also do Bengali poetry? I don't do Bengali poetry, but I have a love for Rubindra Shongit and for particular, uh, you know, uh, pieces of music which Rubindra Nath has composed over time. For example, there is a long form version of our national anthem, 
Um, so the the national anthem that we sing, which starts off with Janagana Mana, it's actually a little bit just the chorus of it and a couple of verses of what is actually a significantly longer song. Um, and and that actually, to me, is far more expansive in terms of depicting the varied nature of our nation, the the varied nature of the religions and the creeds that we find that perhaps define themselves collectively as India. Um, you know, I stopped thinking uh, about five, six years ago as uh, about India as a collective nation. Rather, I started thinking of it a little bit like the European Union, um, multiple it states is. coming together, trying to yes. figure out a common agenda. <laughs> Not always successfully, but it it is what it is. Um, yeah, so so Ravindra Shungit is close to heart. The works of Satyajit Ray and uh, his father Shukumar Roy is, is also something which is of um, uh, you know uh, interest from childhood as well. Uh, particularly Satyajit Ray's writing of characters, his detective Feluda and so on, like that is certainly something which I find very interesting also. So that can ramble on, that is another rabbit hole. We can get into, this is a labyrinth <laughs> of rabbit, rabbit holes that we are getting into. Um, yeah. We can we can talk about that as well. It's it's very interesting in of itself, literature, Bengali literature, and how it has influenced cinema in India, and perhaps uh, how it has itself been influenced in many ways. So that's quite interesting as a topic. So the uh, so so for folks who are listening in, and uh, and even for ourselves for posterity, right? So I don't know how many people listen in, but that's secondary. I think for our own sake, for posterity, the original driver for this chat uh, and. The reason we thought we'll record it is for posterity. The original reason for this chat was to try and uh, speak music with Nagesh, right? Because I think he's probably one of those few people who probably knows far, far, far by a factor around music than I do. And uh, for me, that is fascinating in many ways, right? Uh, so I thought that was going to be the chat. And as Nilesh rightly pointed out at the start of his own introduction today, uh, we've, we've figured that we could talk about many other topics. So this could be a long series, which means we could do one every two, three weeks or four weeks, whatever. We'll figure that out. Uh, but but that is the original background. So, so if we don't eventually get to that topic, forgive us, but we will try and amble along. As Nilesh rightly said, we keep talking about uh, a lot of hyperlinked conversations, so we might eventually get to the music part. But uh, that sounded the, like the ultra fine print at the bottom <laughs> of a mutual fund prospectus <laughs> talking about the red, red, red herring clause. <laughs> <laughs> speed pe so Haan, it'll be fast, the right. <laughs> if we say it fast enough, it will sound like the mutual fund disclaimer. I agree. <laughs> no, uh, but Nilesh, uh, uh, in terms of background. Uh, uh, you did give us a background, but uh, it will be good to hear uh, upbringing and just a few minutes. I mean, like while I know a lot about you, I honestly don't know everything about especially your childhood and uh, your teenage years and why music is such a big influence. Maybe that, 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 that can, so this, the answer to this question can probably start dovetailing into our music chat. So just introduction uh, in terms of what your childhood was like and uh, parents, siblings and everything else, whatever else you want to share and feel comfortable about. So, you know what, let's start a little bit at the beginning. So I was born in Calcutta um, and at 
in heart it is still calcutta i will get into the renaming of the cities at some future state we will not go there another rabbit hole um but um calcutta you know itself is a multicultural city melting pot in many ways right and as a child growing up in a tambram family with an elder sibling who himself had had significant influence uh, of western music upon himself um it was very interesting actually and let me explain how that happened so so tambram family so carnatic music is a given uh, mother plays the veena and so you know that basic carnatic music sort of even listening to it basically at home was a thing right um mantra chanting she still plays the veena she doesn't anymore but the veena for posterity is certainly out here and gets brought out once a year for saraswati puja to make sure that it's in it's hale and hearty uh, so that maintenance is main, uh, is is being done that is there so so there's that so there's the veena and then um, you know uh, we we had like um, neighbors who were who sang rubindra sangeet our land lady also talking of mantras when i interrupted you sorry i just wanted to right go sorry all oh, right thanks so then sanskrit mantras now that has itself got an intonation and uh, you know the incantation of mantras is something which has its own tonality um in fact particularly mantras in the rigveda are little more than actual sounds which are intended to be at a particular frequency and those reverberations are supposed to apparently bring good energy and that's that is an understanding now you think about it at the end of it music is just a set of sounds which has been put together in a particular cadence or rhythm or some kind of a mix right um even basic sounds like the sound of our heartbeat right it brings comfort right it gives you reassurance that you are alive for example <laughs> you know that kind of stuff um so certainly that there was that our neighbors used to be like uh, they used to sing rubindra sangeet so we'd wake up in the morning at about 5:30 to strains of you know the tanpura and 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 music being sung um our landlady played the organ interestingly enough so so we had that happening as well and my brother and i both went to a pretty stereotypical anglo indian school where we both sang equally um you know rock music jazz and so on but also proper you know choral music uh, so so choristers right like we used to be part of the chorus and so on and i was also part of the school band so uh, you know like like a you know with monotonous regularity i should say what then happened is that i picked up a musical instrument and i started learning how to play the piano and that was the introduction of proper western classical music into my life and that you know sort of has stayed throughout so all of these musical influences be it listening to just the simple lps and subsequently other electronic media etc of of you know film music which all of us have had in our lives of at least three different languages if not four um and then you know getting into uh, music at school um and then formally actually beginning to learn at the age of 9 how to play the piano um very interesting experiences all of which brought different types of music into my life and i started seeing patterns and i started seeing exactly how you know one type of music is like another type of music and how sometimes you know something that bapida had uh, you know composed sounded remarkably like something which mozart had composed and similarly something which 
ar rehman had composed for example the the theme of the titan ads right yeah. ಸಿಂಪಲ್ ಪೀಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮ್ಯೂಸಿಕ್ absolutely melodious in many ways uh, it was it it brought pathos and yet it also brought a lot of jubilance in the same piece of music and that just blew my mind and i'm talking about a 9 10 year old 8 8 9 10 year old's mind which get which is getting blown over here huh? so like no no dramatic logic behind it like this piece of music want to know how to play it need to learn piano will learn piano that was the progression of thought um i then started learning with uh, you know the calcutta still has a very good parsi presence there is actually a pretty decent parsi community in calcutta as well and um, they tend to be the musicians they tend to be the people who um, know particularly the classical uh, you know instruments rather well and particularly the piano um, i i had the good fortune of learning from uh, one such gentleman who unfortunately is no more now but um, that experience was actually really cool and um, you know it 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 stayed with me at least for the next 9 years that i basically continued to learn formally and then after that i just left off i still have a piano at home and i'm unfortunate to say i'm beyond rusty at this point in time i must say that if i don't do something about it soon this is going to be like a discontinued passion um but the listening of listening to music has stayed and it has stayed through life and uh, that's all sorts of music that includes african music for example that includes the fact that you have music you have similarities in musical instruments between hindustani classical music and moroccan music for example you have a common instrument called the sitar they call it the sitar and we call it the sitar and uh, it's very similar music very similar intonations as well um, in fact you'd be able to kind of see similarities between moroccan music and kashmiri music um so it's actually quite cool when actually one starts to listen to music it does become like the great sort of unifier you know little surprise then that you know the ode to joy you know mozart's uh, you know masterpiece right um it is used as an anthem across the world right in many languages in fact right to basically you know talk about how humans come together very snobbish lyrics by the way in that huh? uh, <laughs> you know if someone basically if someone who can't get the point let them never come here again like it's it's almost very exclusionary <laughs> lyrics in a sense he's like but, you know you're judged <laughs> no no actually that that's a good segue right and, and look I, I, as you rightly said we keep hyperlinking i mean there's far too many things to uncover here but uh, but i think when this music was done probably in the 17th 18th 19th early 19th century mm-hmm. i i would assume uh, in that context this music was not very exclusionary right in the sense uh, 
when we when we hear about this today it definitely does uh, jar our wokeness or our sense of whatever it is we might have today but i would assume in the 17th 18th this was still very similar to the indian uh, what we have heard in the indian uh, context right i mean the primary patrons were either wealthy people or kings emperors and and a lot of music was composed for the kings emperors the catholic church and so on and so forth so views i mean really just that was my limited understanding of that subject yeah so i mean in terms of in terms of this particular piece of music right the ninth symphony um you're talking about what the early 1800s kind of the first quarter at least um and and during that time um you're talking about a beethoven who is thoroughly deaf right partially blind right has sawed off the feet of his piano the legs off of his piano and put it on the ground right so that he can feel the vibrations from each note and is visualizing the music right and is writing in fact with both hands because he was ambidextrous so he used to write so for the piano because you've got two hands to play with the left hand plays what is known as the bass clef or a particular clef and the right hand usually plays the treble clef right and beethoven is writing the music for both hands simultaneously while imagining the music and feeling the vibrations so he's not hearing per se any sound because his entire auditory system has gone for a toss right then the man actually conducted the performance and after he was done he wasn't sure what was going on people had to tell him that there was an audience behind him which had stood up and started applauding crazily like the equivalent of people you know taking off their clothes and throwing it in the air and stuff like that like which we see sometimes in cricket matches and what not that's what was happening so beethoven's ode to joy shook the music of the era and he is broadly considered to have been the last great composer of the classical era he effectively ended the classical era on a note like he was like you know what this is it that's it this is authoritarian done finished beyond this there is nothing more and most people agree and they're like yeah beyond this there's actually nothing more so that's a very interesting you know since yes he was funded throughout his life in various ways but as musicians tended to be at that point in time they were either too frivolous with their cash or they in general were you know they didn't have too much recognition until they died and then you know it became a big deal but usually they had like they weren't very well off to be fair and and that was so really interesting huh? about 70 minutes 70 minutes of music right all of which the man wrote without being able to hear a single note no absolutely i mean uh, i've i've read some of these stories and uh, <clears throat> i often wonder uh, uh, what is the probability of having one such human being on this planet again right i mean that's a genuine thought process that uh, uh, like we probably have at least had uh, 10 15000 years of written and book not books but at least some kind of writing some kind of verbal 
uh, knowledge transfer and those yeah. kind of things have happened at least for 15000 years or 10000 years 15000 years and we have such uh, such bleak probabilities of people like pithuvan happening even today right like when all technology is available and uh, all kinds of transcript like today if he was around i'm sure there was there was a way to augment his hearing there was a way to augment his seeing i mean all kinds of things could have happened today but uh, you begin to realize that uh, and while uh, so 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 this is part of the rabbit hole conversation right and this is my personal view uh, that it's very easy to say uh, to a lay listener lay as in to somebody who's listening it for the first time it's very easy to say itna unique kya hai matlab ye to koi bhi compose kar sakta hai i mean there is just a pattern and there is a proper well defined pattern you have to start somewhere there has to be a uh, Uh, calypso kind of movement then bring it down and blah 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 but the point i'm trying to uh, the the point which always strikes me is uh, what are the odds that uh, somebody composes a random piece of music like let's say you and i compose a random piece of music using whatever tools are available apple garage band or whatever we use today and what are the chances that one in our present generation people will give us a standing applause uh, one that is itself very hard and second let's say 200 or 300 years ago uh, uh, later people are still talking about this music i mean i think both of those are uh, unique in the context of uh, probability so again those were just my comments but i'll hand it back to you so let me let me talk to you a little bit about this hardship concept right like i'm sure we've all had uh, you know elders either grandparents or parents who basically talked about how they were in a village and there were no facilities and you know they had that one street lamp under which they used to sit and basically study and things like this right and there's an element in india of you know you know what we had it we had it you know you guys have it so good which basically an older generation tells to a younger generation every single time you guys have it so good you have no clue how life how easy life is on you try and tell that to the you know 6 uh, or 7 year old child going to school with a 12 kilo bag that will be interesting um and or or in fact try and tell it to any child today who is trying to suddenly figure out what zoom lessons are and how to do like remote classes very interesting um so the problems are different right so yes a, a beethoven today would probably get like some implant of some nature which would make his hearing better and you know would have some kind of sight uh, you know probably just get glasses or whatever right probably had glasses at the time better glasses this time whatever um but the point is that would probably lead to a very different outcome and now we are getting into space time continuum but the point is that it would lead to a very different outcome now many like at least a century later right uh, almost one and a half centuries later there is this guy called um, rick allen right i think he's born in 65 63 65 something like that right he's a drummer right he's a drummer for a band called def leppard yes everyone knows def leppard everyone knows def leppard everyone knows the music of def leppard etc he right? had an accident he had an accident and lost a hand and the man is a drummer yes and he's a bloody good drummer yes def leppard has Despite some of the best best 
best uh, metronomic music in the background playing exactly. as best as it gets i mean in fact some of their uh, uh, music is just worth listening for the drums i mean uh, especially if you uh, if you listen to pour some sugar on me or those pour some sugar on me exactly yeah like, like the 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 drum itself is such a prominent organ in that uh, uh, ensemble that it's quite sorry go on but yeah sorry i, I broke your thought but go on. no no you're right so 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 that metronomic cadence right being achieved with what is look you also use your legs but you use your legs when you're like when you're drumming you use your legs predominantly for what is known as a hi hat which is basically yes. two cymbals which basically you Absolutely. know and and the other one is used for the bass drum so Absolutely. this guy trained himself to use another pedal right which was to effectively make up for the one lost limb right and he really trained himself like even like with physical fitness regimen right to use his right hand very very differently right and so that leads to a completely different outcome so you have these stories of hardship overcome by passion right so his entire reconfiguration and technology helped him right so the entire reconfiguration of his drum kit and basically you know coming up with the uh, design of the additional pedal and all there's innovation involved in that probably other amputees such as him will probably benefit from what was done for him for the first time whatever right um similarly lot of people now learned that yeah you don't necessarily need to listen to an instrument to be able to kind of feel its reverberations you can saw the legs off and put it on the ground and you'll still be able to kind of feel the piano so you know you you find a way there, there is you know when as kids we learned you know where there is a will there is a way right and and uh, that is basically the story of these remarkable pieces of music to me beethoven's ninth is just as important to music as pour some sugar on me absolutely right absolutely they are remarkably you know they are they're reflective of a certain type of innovation they're reflective of you know man overcoming you know circumstance in general right and really following through on passion to a point where it now is no longer sane it has gone to a different level altogether and you are redefining sanity it's like that no absolutely and, and i think uh, two observ- observations right just from my side uh, what was remarkable about the flipper and when i first started hearing them uh, uh, i think i first heard pyromania before i heard uh, history i mean their the pyromania was probably their earlier album is i could be anachronistic in my memory but that's how i remember it but mm-hmm. uh, when i first started listening to it uh, what struck me as very odd was that even their rock sound was very unique and now of course everyone who's uh, like everyone who's a big rock music fan will say nahi nahi vanilla be alag hai aur doors be alag hai aur sab alag hai na hai na but to be fair look everyone had their unique flavor of music but i think uh, uh, def leppard was very very unique in the sense that uh, they had a very orchestral or a very built for stage kind of feel which uh, which you don't get so easily in uh, every kind of rock music like maybe van halen was also like that mm-hmm. in some sense but but when you look at a lot of rock music some of them are not built for stage like i i always have this conversation with a few people who 
who want to have this conversation right i say like my point is uh, forget about michael jackson and his other problems or other issues but i think michael jackson's music was uniquely built for performance and mm-hmm. that is the success or that is the secret sauce to his or her, uh, his success or that uh, jackson five success right i mean it was not just that uh, it was produced by quincy jones and quincy jones was a great producer and blah 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 which is typically the path people go down but yeah. it is just that somebody took that extra effort to make sure that this kind of music does very well when performed live or played on the stage or or uh, when it has great sound supporting it i mean this kind of sound is fabulous so again your views in i'll pause there so there is a heavy element of showmanship which basically came into the entire you know performance of this and some at some point in time rock and pop started blending Yes, right. And you used to have these shows where you know you would have performing, uh, performing. You know, artists would come. They'd have their little bit of a chorus in the background, which would essentially provide like uh, you know backup vocals or whatever it is. Uh, or they'd be playing an instrument of some sort, whatever it is, right? Like so, for example, think of Ray Charles. Think of yep. you know Miriam Makeba and all of yep. these. Uh, you know, um, uh, Harry Belafonte um, uh, and uh, all of these. uh you know singers they typically performed on tv first had like a you know act per se which then evolved into okay that got recorded became music labels got sold great and then you basically even the beatles right you you then kind of started having live performances because that got popular and the minute you started having those live performances and concerts the same showmanship was then expected in person yep and then the antics of uh you know uh, uh, freddy mercury right absolutely. on stage absolutely and, you know like that comes out and then jim morrison like and and one of the most iconic images of jim morrison is a is a highly intoxicated morrison passed out on the stage <laughs> right with this massive crowd in front of him he's clearly in the middle of a concert the man is passed out because he was high <laughs> <laughs> you know and and that's it that's it that's the doors for you right um and and, and then and they came with their attitude that attitude then became like their personal life that became who they are and so michael jackson's for example his attire right yes. that a particular dance form the moonwalk right and um, then the entire concept of uh, you know people like um, bob dylan and and the fact that he didn't give a damn about anything in life yeah including his nobel prize yeah including <laughs> his nobel prize which he didn't go to accept right he didn't accept in person exactly yeah. and 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 yet you know like his his only sense of validation i would like to imagine or his only sense of approval is probably driven by himself and his sense of yeah, satisfaction yeah. um which one would argue is probably the most purest form of excellence right you don't you don't look at other people's benchmarks you exceed your own benchmarks which is interesting in of itself right but so then what you started seeing is the showmanship turn up and then come fast forward to you know the last like 20 30 years or so and then Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and you know the 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 Iglesias uh, the Iglesias family and, and so on right and it, it's it's so interesting to see how music itself has evolved mind you you still have good music but it has gone beyond just that piece of music 
it has become about the person it has become about their ability to do more than just sing or play an instrument it has become about their ability to hold your attention with more than just that right and having so done leave you with a memory which will hopefully go, make you go and buy what they have produced as just that piece of music and hopefully listen to it you know and you know keep going back to it periodically if you really like it right so it's no longer about that one supremely fantastic piece of music which is like the sum and substance of the essence of all of the efforts that you have put into it right the nichod of all yes. of the work that you have put into it it has become about okay turn it around hopefully it will get bought like once or twice three times and then we'll see how it goes yeah in the midst of all of this you have characters like john mayer right who who come in and who have the sort of distinct you know talent and are able to kind of perform to that equally you have others as well who basically come in and you know you can see that they are talented and they are not necessarily people who are going to you know get out there and suddenly kind of start dancing but you know they are they are giving you music because that's absolutely. what they signed up for and that's what they hope you signed up for no absolutely i have three or four questions i was noting down while you were speaking right and i'm going to go in random order <clears throat> so one was uh, actually you brought out a very interesting point right nilayshan uh, you put i mean obviously it's really fascinating i'm not saying this because we are in a chat it's always fascinating to hear you talk about music i i feel like a small kid in a candy shop it's a lot of fun uh, but uh, one thing which you said uh, which is also a debate nowadays and wanted to see what you think about it because that's a rabbit hole and it can become a full episode in itself so there's a huge debate among billionaires today so if you hear some of the uh, really successful people today they think their kids are not going to be as successful because their kids don't have the hardships and uh, uh from where i sit i think even such a thinking is also privileged because i sometimes feel look i wouldn't think so much about my kid i would just say look let him survive let him do whatever he wants to do and as long as he can make his meal i am okay like i'm not so obsessed with whether he's so successful or not successful now i understand that if you're as an example this is just an example but if you are bill gates uh, you you now worried that your son is never going to be able to emulate you because you have become so large than life so that's and for my son or my daughter that's going to be much easier because it's not like i have set some huge benchmark or baseline anywhere so they can obviously so 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 the comparison is a little superfluous but uh, what i really wanted to ask was one or two things right one do you really subscribe to that school where you think that uh, hardship or constraints are necessary for what i call as personal innovation i call this as the personal innovation game right i mean you might not really innovate on a public stage but you're doing something in your personal small innovation uh, goal like if you read uh, uh, again if if you read about east germany and how during the stasi regime the people used to smuggle music and listen to music and all of that it is just fascinating because there's a lot of personal innovation there i mean there is nothing great which came out of it and there's nothing visibly great which came out of it but a whole generation of people grew up on bootleg music and bootleg books and same with iran if you read about iran and all of that so quick question do you think that 
argument has any merit i have views but i'll first let you jump in and then because this is more about your views but uh, uh, you think this holds water i i think i think it kind of holds water only kind of and I'm, this is not a cop out answer to your question right <laughs> like but but the, the the fact is that i think the perception that you know you need the pressures of compression to create diamonds is fair right because at the end of the day that's how those are also experiences and you mature through that and you kind of learn through that so those experiences are valuable one should not kind of take that away from it right but i actually also think that we have progressed generation after generation through you know through our existence we have actually progressed on what is effectively maslow's hierarchy of needs right and it's no longer about the physiological infrastructural hardships anymore just as it is no longer about the physiological needs anymore right and we have actually started kind of the nature of hardship has become a lot more intangible and getting your head around that is something which i think we are all going to have to kind of get used to as an idea right fact being that when you think about you know what are some of the challenges that these so called tycoons children are going to face i don't think the challenges are going to be listen where is my square meal for the next hour going to come from certainly not right that's not be that knife i don't think there are going to be challenges with even a harvard Harvard admission. I think they're going to exactly get right. They're like going to walk they, into it. In fact, they will probably, you know, pay for the building in which they will study, Absolutely. and for the faculty who will teach, <laughs> and so on and so forth, and all of the infrastructure, <laughs> and the rest of it, you know, having been operating cost to there that one four-year stint will then be kind of handed off to others to kind of just, you know, reuse like hand-me-downs, right? Hand-me-down buildings, if you wish. Um, so, so that that thinking being. so that's one side of it right but think of the actual mental and psychological issues that they are likely to face they tend to be in a particular clique or they tend to be immensely lonely right these are things which have been seen right so there is an entire mental health aspect to it which is a hardship right the expectations which basically get layered upon layered upon layered listen irrespective of you if you're a tycoon or if you're a tambram you know sort of middle income family type character understand that any indian family will basically bring its sense of you know aspirations guilt and and god knows what else upon you so you're going to have to carry that and do okay. something with it right um similarly the influences which you will face in such a situation will also be dramatically different right um excessive behaviors right behaviors where you know things are disproportionate out of actual meaning right you got the wrong breakfast and you slipped into depression <laughs> okay like you're like okay where it's is, a good example by that, the way i can relate right? to it <laughs> like you know that happens right kids today even you know within our normal uh, frame of reference you know kids today are being coached and acculturalized very differently from you know what perhaps we underwent the influence okay. of social media um, portable devices uh, you know readily available internet you know so so the way i put that sorry to sorry to interrupt you right but the way i i put that out uh, and i i by the way share your observation 100% uh, i the way i put that is uh, uh, in my head i have realized that in the last 20 years uh, 
indignation has become a more common word than it was in the past i think in the past like in the 1970s you probably used it once in a novel uh, or in yeah. a in a book versus yeah. now it's become like i can i can feel offended by like you said my coconut water not being chilled enough or some nonsense yeah. like that yeah and, yeah yeah and i feel it's not just disappointment and anger which is still an easier emotion to deal with There is indignation कि मैंने दिया और तुमने फिर भी मुझे ये क्रैपी कोकोनट वाटर दिया विच इज ऑलमोस्ट बैक्ड बाय स्ट्रॉन्ग सेंस ऑफ एंटाइटलमेंट की दिस वॉज माई बर्थ राइट एंड यू स्क्रूड इट अपर इज दैट लैक ऑफ रिकग्निशन दैट इन इन आर एवरी डे लाइफ वी डू थ्री थाउजेंड थिंग्स ऑफ विच आई एम श्योर टू थाउजेंड वी स्क्रू अपर बट दैट्स अ डिफरेंट पॉइंट सॉरी गो so so let's let's talk about this for a minute right entitlement right and and i'm going to now get controversial and i talk a little bit about i talk a little bit about what what are we saying when we talk about a topic such as um, you know gender inclusion important mind you i'm not saying that gender inclusion is not important under any circumstances i think it is but i think that there is a measure for measures Absolutely. shall i say right Absolutely. so um if you go back to our families and our parents generation right so you would often have instances where it was common for people to have two jobs right uh, it was particularly it was probably working, necessary also probably necessary also and uh, you know uh, through maternity and stuff like that you didn't get luxurious periods of maternity leave and things like this so it's often possible that you were probably doing two jobs and probably were carrying a child probably your second child who knows and then on top of that you probably were also trying to upskill yourself in some nature or the other because we are all overachievers we love kind of adding degrees behind our names so that is also there so these were all these this is not a very uncommon configuration of thing and women at that point in time they had these you know very uh, shall i say male driven sort of stereotypes to live up to where they were expected to get up in the morning cook and clean and do all of those things and plus do all of these things while being pregnant etc etc right and they did it and they made it look effortless i am talking about our moms our aunts whoever they are like we know them these are identifiable people in our lives who did these things right today right most women who work in multinational companies or even in indian companies etc right they tend to have really good benefits pretty decent benefits shall i say in comparison to what you know the generation before has seen right and yet it is challenging and yet it is very different why is that it is because circumstances have changed there are other challenges which are coming you've got this weird thing called zoom there are people who are expecting you to kind of turn up and you know have conversations with them immaterial of what time of day india has become a much more globally savvy nation um you know the service industry is right up there in terms of the priority etc etc these have all informed and changed the way that we live life right when we were waking when we were growing up not waking up when we were growing up waking up of a different sort but uh, we would typically you know how often did we travel to other countries unheard of unheard of absolutely unheard of right at best i remember that you could like growing up in kolkata going to another country was going to nepal yes i was about to say nepal was probably the that was it ek to visa right. bhi nahi chahiye tha ek to visa bhi nahi chahiye tha exactly uh, visa ka passport bhi nahi chahiye tha you didn't even need a passport 
तो वो वायुदूत के फ्लाइट एक वो वायुदूत का फ्लाइट हुआ करता था एक वो रॉयल नेपाल एयरलाइंस का और एक इंडियन एयरलाइंस का फ्लाइट हुआ करता था यू टेक थ्री रॉयल नेपाल एयरलाइंस वाज प्रेफर्ड बिकॉज दे यूज्ड टू सर्व अल्कोहल सो द एल्डर्स द मेल एल्डर्स यूज्ड टू लाइक टू बुक ऑन रॉयल नेपाल सो सो दैट वाज द फंडा एंड यू एंड सो नेपाल वाओ बिग डील राइट लाइक यू गॉन टू नेपाल राइट इट वाज अ बिग डील एंड यू कुड गो देयर एंड यू कुड बाय लाइक स्मगल्ड गुड्स व्हिच इन ऑफ इटसेल्फ वाज अनदर थिंग एनीवे लाइक लीवाइस जींस think of smuggling levi's jeans today <laughs> yeah we 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 went we went one this one time we went we actually came back with something very novel called brut perfume yes <laughs> would you even buy brut perfume today <laughs> i i know for a fact that i get brut perfume in uh, you know around the corner gulf returned malayali owned supermarket right and 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 I, I'm not necessarily going to touch brute perfume with a with a barge pole, but but my the elders generation to them it is differentiated. That is something a brute perfume is. But always buy that bottle green, the bottle. Yes. Don't buy the can because the can could be fake and you don't know if it is full. You have to buy the glass bottle. No, <laughs> well, absolutely. So, so so these experiences, right? they change in time and the hardships relate to it and the hardships change in 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 proportion to it right so we cannot say that we are not privileged it's about what is the comparator base that you are using to say whether you are privileged or not right and so it's a package you come in and you have your backpack of crap that you need to basically deal with in life and that that's effectively in a sense now i'm getting a little philosophical about it that's karma and that's what you're <laughs> going to have to deal with <laughs> no no but sorry i'm still going to push you a little further right i'm going to ask you that uh, for your kid or for your sibling or for your niece or nephew or whoever right uh, would you wish that they had life a little harder like i honestly don't wish that for my kid or kids right my view is look their life is anyway going to be miserable uh, probably post their teens uh, yeah. i mean they they are probably in their zone right now where they are probably having the best years of their life but post their te- teens normal curve will set in and they'll have their own challenges and blah, blah. so why wish more misery on them so it's okay i don't want any more hardship it, and my view is far more pragmatic my view is if if honestly there was a way that uh, uh uh we could identify what will make them happy i think we should help them do that instead of all of this complex uh, thought processes that hardship is necessary so just asking again do you think hardship is necessary for uh, people to really succeed i don't at this point in time i think for any member of the future generations as the current extant adult generation we should potentially write letters of apologies to them agreed absolutely right for having so royally screwed up the planet that they are going to inherit and not presented any solutions which are forthcoming right and i am not going down the road of greta thunberg and and her thoughts which are i agree with 158% mind you right like i i think she has every right to be as jolly pissed off as she mostly is 
इफ आई वॉज हर आई बी थर्ली पिस्ट ऑफ माई सेल्फ ये क्या कर दिया यार हिट विकेट सिचुएशन में मतलब मैं क्या करेगा अभी सो इट वॉज काइंड ऑफ लाइक दैट कॉन्वर्जेशन राइट बट टू मी नो आई डोंट थिंक यू कैन काइंड ऑफ से दैट दे नीड मोर और लेस हार्डशिप और मोर और लेस लग्जरी फॉर दैट मैटर राइट आई थिंक वॉट इज अ रीजनेबल एक्सपेक्टेशन और रीजनेबल विश टू हैव फॉर you know as an aspiration for the generations to come is that they live complete lives agree because both sides of the coin are necessary for you to effectively feel like you have evolved right as and for the next generation after that to kind of take take the agenda forward one more step from there and so on and so forth right until they finally decide like in a very krypton like manner when if everyone leaves and there is one child who is put on to a space shuttle and goes off to another planet and is superman over there which is a good thing so <laughs> so you know those things will happen but uh, fact is that no i mean i i don't think that we are in any way entitled or educated or you know informed enough to have an opinion on what is exactly the ratio of hardship to luxury that the generations to follow should have i agree now now that's just me right once in a while i i do still think that they have it too easy right because like if you didn't eat your food when we were kids we got a nice little snack <laughs> right like that's what it was and and eventually you you learned that let's say conditioning yes. pavlovian don't eat snack eat good boy so yes. you will eat right so that used to happen now ipad happens you know uh, whatever peppa pig or whatever else basically turns on and suddenly <laughs> you you've like you've almost been hypnotized it's like that that snake car from uh, jungle book huh? jungle like book. look into my eyes you yes <laughs> it's like that <laughs> like the ipad is like car the snake like you're you've lulled the child into a sense of zombiness and then you're just like the mouth is anyways open but drool probably coming out and you're like one after the other spoon after spoon is going in at high speed so that's unfortunately some things that i do think could be different but that's just me and i'm entitled to an opinion of course but broadly speaking bechare log ko already matlab itna itna tang kar rahe hain i think they're going to inherit a world which is ecologically severely damaged i think they're going to inherit a world which is politically severely damaged or at least is getting damaged as we are talking and definitely like you rightly said there are there's not just one car but car in every room or every every exactly. closet there is a car hiding in every closet like it's hard Absolutely. for them to escape like the attention they... spans have reduced don't you think attention yeah, yeah. spans have reduced i mean at at some point in time amitab forget everything else when we were kids there was such a thing as quizzing yes and absolutely. you never had to kind of tell people it boss don't google it yaar yeah yeah agree you know like and so now like quizzing or having knowledge which is different from what others have right is no longer going to be a thing anymore so it's, it's no longer a thing and i think implicitly also because of that that situation the fun is gone out of like uh, getting that simple high and sitting in a quizzing and and getting a cryptic clue solved or sitting in jeopardy or watching jeopardy on television and figuring out the person asked the right question because they are giving the answer and they are figuring yeah. out the question i think it's it, it used to be like there was sabira merchant what's the good word so you tend to get 
like that simple hi saying oh i figured the word without like just based on which time with siddharth bas why yeah, yeah, up yeah, on absolutely. siddharth bas derek o'brien bone vita quiz content absolutely right all of these things right i mean derek's father neil o'brien for the longest time ran a ran a column in uh, uh, a couple of the newspapers in calcutta which would be about only quizzing and and these were not easy questions they were tough questions in today's age you would call them non googleable questions and you either knew it or you didn't know the answer right and so those those are those are experiences which i'm afraid that the generation after might not you know think as an intellectual stimulus anymore and right? i think there is also that other thing right and this is definitely i'll note this down this is a different rabbit hole we should examine some day my my interpretation of the world today is it's a very uh, it's a very comfortable place for everyone including us right which means we are probably classified as adults but even for us it's a very comfortable place to just consume content but not process it right which yeah. means uh, there is no pressure on processing content versus when we were kids or when more than when we were kids in the 80s when we were kids and they were adults so they were both kinds of people in that world uh, i think there was a genuine pressure for everyone to constantly process content first of all content was available in small doses so there would be one news uh, somebody reading at 9:30 pm in english or hindi or whatever and uh, and then there would be something on radio but same for radio music and same for so what i'm trying to say is and that's why i i have started really believing that uh there is something beautiful about a format like a podcast or substack or review where content is again coming to you in small or self selected doses and you now have the ability to process it at your convenience because you still uh, th- these are self selected because people want to process this like people are coming back and saying there is a set of people who's saying i don't want to just consume content passively i want to consume content by processing it so uh, so i agree with your observation i think yeah and i i actually feel similarly right i think for our kids i wouldn't wish them more hardship uh, i agree with you that our uh, attention spans even for adults is actually dramatically low like i hear so many adult friends saying that i can't read for more than Ten minutes at a stretch, be it a long form article or book. So, what? Dur ka baat hai. We are not even debating books here. It's more about long form articles. People saying, "I can't read like a two thousand, three thousand word article. Give me what you want to do in four hundred, four hundred words." And that's literally like one page of a novel is what I think people yeah. are asking. And, uh, exactly, and 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 you will find something interesting. I'm beginning to see phenomenons like people buying books and keeping them like art pieces. <laughs> so like it's it's legit. You want to be seen with it because it says something about you. Correct. Right. But you're actually not doing anything with it. It's just appreciation of the fact that it's there. It's like something psychological. It gives you some sense of satisfaction. Completes something within you, right? But is not necessarily stimulating you even more intensely. than like through the thought that is included in it right so that's number one and number two the other thing which is interesting is like bringing back to the music topic amitav right let's talk a little bit about how in and in childhood you know here we are we are doing podcasts this will get on to you know the apple podcast platform whatever spotify etc right 
what happened to the mixtape what happened right? to the mixtape <laughs> what happened to the mixtape right like and and what happened to pirated mixtapes that bootlegged. you spliced together bootlegged it shamelessly and then basically you know swapped it with friends and you know you t- took pride in curating the Look, right I kind never of music did this, and so on i never right? did this because i never attended a live concert as a kid but i have heard people uh sneak in those little recordable walkmans which were very expensive yep. already so they were a, yep. already a position of privilege and they yep. would sneak this in into concerts and record it and then share mm. the bootleg and that's where i think the bootleg word originally started originating from because i think exactly. it was somewhere hidden in a boot or whatever was the original idea around it but all i'm trying to say is yeah i mean and and there are still by the way if you if you if you because somebody took that innovation there are bootleg tapes of the dylan concerts available today which otherwise you wouldn't have any access probably exactly. there's, there's no official recording which has ever been released of a particular concert but there are bootleg recordings all over the place available so jealously guarded intellectual property rights right which we see so so liberally exercised today on youtube and all these other uh, platforms they were not a concern at that point they were not a on, even the artist if you went up to the artist and said hey listen you're losing like critical revenue over here on account of the fact that you know your someone's basically flicked your uh, performance they like great man let him enjoy it right <laughs> that was typically how that went so so where is that where is that sort of relatively shall i say liberal thinking in terms of intellectual property like music for god's sake i mean what are you going to achieve by you know not being liberal with it so so perhaps it's about how they are compensated or whatever which basically results in better safeguarding i don't know enough about intellectual property today and how people are paid with royalties etc today to be able to talk about it but fact is what happened to the mixtape right that was actually something cool because that was like a social interaction as well right no absolutely joint appreciation of music which occurred as well right no, um and and then it became jamming what happened to jamming what happened right? to jamming absolutely. actual jamming absolutely and i and i don't mean the sophisticated jamming with all of the equipment around <laughs> you i mean you taking you taking what was effectively a dholak on one side and you taking the back of another patila from somewhere else and you basically sitting around in the middle of what is effectively a power cut and in one balcony you're playing on the patila and the and the dholak or whatever and your neighbor is singing over there and another neighbor joins you in and so on so and there is like supplemented by alcohol or chai whatever was equivalent whatever was possible or or filter coffee or brew coffee all yeah, of those things yeah, whatever yeah. like in the sweltering heat of kolkata having kind of ex- experiences in the midst of the calcutta summer it is all it's fun actually it's fun yeah yeah but absolutely the, but the point is i think we have lost something socially because of social media finally no no absolutely i completely agree like uh, my, my sense is i think it's far more harder to create uh, so so the, again uh, i'm no expert but i'm sharing my basic ideas here uh, so so there is w- what i understand from all my reading is there's something called dopamine developing right so what happens is i think every time uh, you have a new experience uh, your your dopamine starts hitting a new high and at some point it becomes baseline which means it assumes now that 5 is the new baseline and then you hit 6 and then you hit 7 and what i think 
social media does very well because of the attention grabbing and whatever else and i don't mean just social media but the way we are the way information is coming in so much whether it's via social media or like i have people in my apartment complex who subscribe to six newspapers aur main har bar sochta hu ki ek chhe newspaper kaise padhta matlab jo bhi karta hai ye padhta kaise but i think hum log dopamine ko leveling karte ja rahe hain to a point where there's so much information that information over a period of time doesn't give us a dopamine high or content doesn't give us a dopamine high necessarily so there is this whole lumbing process of not understanding that a beethoven's ninth and we'll come we're coming back to that but a beethoven's ninth could be truly uh, truly magical especially if you just invested two lessons right so maybe the first lesson it doesn't hit you just as hard or it doesn't hit you at all but if you listen to it the second or maybe by the third time it definitely becomes a uh uh earworm and by the fifth or sixth time it becomes a mind worm because it is playing in your mind now so uh, the reason i think we don't do that anymore is because uh, i believe it's the dopamine leveling which is happening but uh, and also i think this is also related not just to the content issues but it's also related to mental wellness right so if you have so many dopamine leveling issues like if your base level was 3 and now it's reached 9 i don't know what is the right way to speak about calibrate this, huh? yeah right. calibrate this but i'm just making that as an example so mm-hmm. you, your your baseline has now grown 3x over your last 20 years i don't know uh, how you will continue to enjoy or uh, have uh, fun with music or new content again use as boss so the so the so the so the musical artists potentially western musical artists of the 50s and the 60s probably going into the 70s found an answer to this question it's called lsd ke mati liyari <laughs> so if you so if you think about it so if you if you so if you think about it right beatles right lucy in the sky with diamonds right like all, all of that what's that about lsd is one of the primary things is it's a great replacement for dopamine yeah yeah right so and it sends sends it shooting up and that promptly brings you this psychedelic experience which you know that euphoria that experience of that euphoria led to like even more you know brilliance in terms of musical compositions and performances right which i mean you couldn't tell that that they were high but they were and as a result of that, <laughs> the you know you see what you got as a result of that so no, no, you know absolutely. thanks to thanks to modern pharmaceuticals as well like, we probably wouldn't have songs like lucy in the sky with diamonds yeah, were yeah, it yeah, not absolutely. for lsd unfortunately but you know so this is also something which is behind drug abuse at the end of the day and there's a there's a correlation there's always been a substance abuse um sort of phenomenon which is accompanied music right um there's there's alcoholism anyways and then on top of that there is uh, various types of drug abuse more and more sophisticated and that continues to remain the case to date today right so um and i think that you've actually hit upon why right because if it were not for that consistent spike of dopamine which basically sends you to that new plateau and then when it starts plateauing that next spike right you probably would not be able to consistently remain creative and consistently remain evol- no, uh, evolving right absolutely because, that's a challenge because the demand is for something new the demand is for something different the demand is to cater to what a public is 
is asking of you from your first performance having been so good you need more and more and more and more and more and it's not easy to deliver to that cadence that frequency of demand right with the slow and steady passionate slow burning passion that a beethoven likely had because he was not a prolific composer like mozart agree right like beethoven was like slow burning but bright burning agree right absolutely and, and that's that the sense i get something that's like the, i agree with it one more question right uh, again i'm changing gears and i have written a few questions here but uh, amy vamos like her don't like her lover lover okay. <laughs> so it was more like a pop it, question you don't have total, to speak about it <laughs> total pity total no, no, for, pity for But, me for me i think she stands out uh, again in the modern generation as a possible genius right i mean she genuinely yeah. stands out as uh, she stands out way above the uh, the uh, again very unique sound and very very heartfelt sound uh, probably made more endearing in some heads because of her uh, tragic uh, tragic death but uh, but i think even without her having a tragic end i think her music is phenomenal i think if you look at exactly i mean amy winehouse particularly ironically rehab yes is like one hell of you know what a what a performer right and i don't know of someone with that sort of timbre of voice it's not Absolutely. typical to find women with that timbre of voice like yeah, yeah. in india there's usha uttap for example that yeah, you, yeah. you can directly kind of relate to um tina turner comes to mind as well Absolutely. right and 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 those voices are so rare and the the the, the sonorous sort of delivery right i mean it's just such a pity it's just such a pity i'm sure sometime in the future they'll figure out ways to just synthesize voice and imitate it just as they've gotten you know people to look like tom cruise these days and then you know maybe who knows amita uh, we might yet listen to amy winehouse again in our lives would you It listen to that music i'm just curious i'd listen to it out of curiosity but with the same sort of feel of hey this is not the real deal it's good but it's not the real deal right so, like i would so, appreciate it separately as something different so let's say you like, were a kid let's say you were a 3 year old and we made you listen to it uh, how would you know it's not the real deal no so if i don't have a frame of reference i'm talking about me right ah. so so if i don't have a frame of reference <laughs> it's music it's music it's music it's as simple as that that is my reality right like that's my baseline but having heard the original uh, amy winehouse if i were to then be presented with a voice synthesized amy <laughs> winehouse who might be very very convincing for all you know i would be very con- I, i would be constantly comparing to see matlab is it different or is it not different is it different or is it not different until until probably the guy who came up with the imitation amy winehouse would basically figure out a way to get it to such a point of excellence that it was like the original and then i wouldn't be able to tell the difference probably screw with my head completely at <laughs> that's like that that's kind of a point where i don't know what's going to happen after that anymore right so you know it's it's very interesting to but see but, what technology can accomplish so i'm asking you all these pop questions pop as in these are short questions right you can obviously yep. uh, you can obviously answer them the way you think right right but uh, so this is the other thought experiment i keep running in my head right let's say uh, they they got uh, Beethoven's symphonies performed by 
uh, an electronic orchestrator or an electronic composer uh, versus not composer electronic uh, conductor versus uh, leonard burstein who is no longer there but but was supposedly i mean not supposedly i've heard his pieces i mean they're obviously out of uh, way out of normal would you would you would you lament a loss there or would you just say theek hai na matlab agar koi leonard bernstein ke level pe kar raha hai to it's okay i mean how does it matter in the longer run so so the conductor is particularly interesting right like because you could argue that the conductor's role is only to kind of direct the orchestra really what is the difference and yet if you actually listen to the same piece of music absolutely right, i agree with you from the same orchestra with the same you know artists being conducted by two to three different conductors you would hear variations it would take a little bit of listening yeah yeah, yeah you absolutely you would hear variations absolutely. because conductors bring delivery they bring their own sense of whimsy into the delivery to say all right i'm going to actually speed this part up and i'm going to kind of interpret this in a slightly different way and i'm going to do this and you know so and so should now speed up and the woodwind instruments should do this and so on and so forth right um so they do bring a sense of variations but there is a subtlety to it which you have to kind of listen to right now it's not like others have not tried this by the way someone basically said that why don't we apply the same mindset of regression right like regression analysis to music and see basically take all of the body of mozart's music consistently which means you are saying apply noise oh. also to electronic music so take the apply noise it. element so let's yeah. say perfect is 100 and now you yeah. know there is an element of 3% noise always in the music interference and, yeah yeah mm-hmm. 3% interference or 3% improvisation so now yeah. let the uh, let the program now or the algorithm do a 3% improvement of improvisation exactly and they have tried to get you know what is effectively a robot right to not just conduct but compose like mozart right okay i mean fine like let that's like a type of music it's an outcome of some sort now is it mozart no of course it isn't mozart it's a robot trying to imitate mozart that's what that is right so you get good music out of it sure sounds good great fantastic right but it's not mozart it's in the style of mozart you know how you have these grand masters of paint the painting right who are like okay. artists who paint in a particular they had the school they had ateliers right yes. like you had you had schools where basically they learned that style of painting and so and so is a student of so and so and paints like so and so but it's not so and so right so it's kind of like that the robot has now become like a student as part of the atelier of the composer right and i am willing to accept that it's good music chalega mere ko koi problem nahi hai right as long as someone does not walk out to me and try to convince me that listen robot is mozart no actually you bring <laughs> out some like i am making so many notes because i think we we probably are going to do a 10 part series just between both of us uh, but this is fascinating right look another rabbit hole which bothers me uh, and genuinely bothers me uh, mm-hmm. is that uh, at what point will uh, like i think you are absolutely right right i think uh, programs machines ai whatever we want to call it are absolutely on their way to become better than a van gogh or a, or a, or a beethoven not better but at least start imitating art now at what point do do we uh, 
and there will be a purist purist as in a technical purist who will say nee nee i don't want machine art but uh, let's say uh, i i often wonder what happens to a 3 year old or a 5 year old are we corrupting his or her experience of the world i mean it's a very a philosophical question but i really wonder that in my head right we should hopefully leave leave art as sacrosanct like art is something like personal definition of spirituality right i mean like i might be atheist you might not be and those are all different points but whatever is your definition of uh, this world uh, if i start i as in not i but if the society at large starts mucking it up i think that that kind of makes you fairly uh, uh, kind of can very easily destabilize you right i mean it can very easily destabilize you and not you as a person but probably a million people like you and my question there is do you think art is sacrosanct or we should let uh, so there is one school of thought which strongly believes that new art will emerge and my point is kya emerge hoga abhi tum मेरे को क्या देने वाला है जो बीथोवन से बेटर है मतलब तुम बीथोवन को इमिटेट करेगा और मेरे को देगा एंड मे बी यू विल डू वेरिएशंस ऑफ दैट आल्सो व्हिच इज आल्सो गुड बट इट इज नॉट लाइक यू आर गोना क्रिएट बट व्हाट यू हैव डन इफेक्टिवली इज यू हैव किल्ड एनी पॉसिबल लियोनार्ड बिंस्टन कंडक्टर्स इन द फ्यूचर बिकॉज़ दैट करियर पाथ विल कीप ड्विंडलिंग डाउन 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 एंड देयर विल बी नथिंग फॉर लियोनार्ड बिंस्टन इन द फ्यूचर टू डू एंड सेकंड सिमिलरली uh there is nothing for a person who sits and laboriously composes something over 3 months at home because abhi uska koi value hi nahi hai you a machine probably does it in about 10 hours so that was my question should art be left alone or should we do you have a strong view there especially in terms of music so so you know what i'll answer your question so in, in about uh, early 1800s there's this guy called joseph marie jacquard have you heard of him So Joseph Marie Jacquard did something atrocious. He did something atrocious. He invented something known as the Jacquard loom. It went on to hugely industrialize the production of textiles, right? And the concept of brocade and embroidered brocade, right, which used to be handmade and used to take months on end and so on and so forth, became like that, right? So now that that brocade, India has its own version, right? Chicken curry, like for example, Agreed. right? hand done chicken curry is way more expensive than machine done chicken curry and Correct. both are available and the and the guy who sells it to you will tell you that hey this has been made by machine that's why it's cheaper this has been made by hand that's why you see that the finish is also different you'll see it a little rougher around the edges with the hand hand done one and the machine done one is a lot more symmetrical a lot more regular etc etc what you're talking about is akin to that <laughs> right because at the end of the day i am going to have like that a handmade music and the machine made music right and i have to kind of discern the difference between the two if i am a true connoisseur if i am a true aficionado right because what happens is that that machine made music is good it's not bad it works it does the job right just as the you know machine stitched kurta does whatever right so that's fine and i can appreciate that and if i want value for money mere ko chalega matlab sasta sundar tikao it's all good right 
but if i am the guy that drinks single malts and i kind of want to have that experience and i want the 25 year old single malt in my hand and i want to sit down and listen to music i'm going to want the human being playing the viol <laughs> i am going to want the human being playing the piano i don't want the mechanical piano which plays to a you know a perforated drum which exists by the way they they play themselves right like a perforated drum right so this is the this is the point i'm trying to make that effectively right you will always have people trying to mechanize and automate things we are kind of designed in our heads to try to see if we can recreate that which we can do in something which is inanimate otherwise i.e give life yes we are trying to be god over here that is what we are trying to do so my and, question was sorry sorry nilesh uh, just one 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 data point i i was i think look first of all it's great you you showed me the mirror right i mean you at least br- brought me back to the point that yes every innovation looks very very bizarre or very uh, world damning at the point it happens but i think as time progresses you realize that there is a next generation of the problem which is waiting for you and which is what humans or whatever the next intellectuals will hopefully so but my question was does this sound the death knell for artisans also was my question which means for example take the chicken curry work or whatever you, we were referring to right or let's take uh, uh, making sitars or veenas by hand versus mm-hmm. making it uh, by, by machines, machines. Yeah. Uh, my question is does that sound the death knell for the artisan and is that something to be lamented because one school of thought again says that you don't need people driving horses anymore because you have cars so why are you lamenting the loss of uh, horse drivers uh, but the other school of thought says uh, uh, says that especially in this example or especially in this conversation uh, what you are eliminating is essentially what human beings did for the soul not really for uh, Uh, as they say roti kapda makan so this was not a roti kapda makan problem it was a soul problem right you were doing it for the betterment of your soul and hopefully 10 other people's soul so it was in that context but i think sorry i'll let you let you point on that so so the, i think the thing is that i think two things will happen right there will be that point in time when this will become for the connoisseur or for someone like the use of the fountain pen right like it it will become like it, it will become something which someone who genuinely has a taste for it will will Do develop it. right and in time you know you will have like these niche boutique you know people who specialize in it and they becoming you know, they the people that become the collectors and they become this that and the other and they learn how to dismantle a pen and fill it with ink and whatever all of those things right similarly that will happen here as well but the art so that's one part of the story the other part of the story is that the artisan will change the art to accommodate the uh, the automation and i mean even today when you look use a jacquard loom you need someone to punch the cards to kind of develop the particular design that is still a human being who has to kind of conceptualize that right no agree so i don't think we will ever achieve a point in time where our creations will start you know literally mimicking thought because there will always be that you know microscopic delta it might come to that point but it will there'll always be that that microscopic delta which sets us one notch above maybe half a notch maybe a microcosm of a notch ahead right as a differentiating factor 
mind you i'm talking about a very dystopian matrix right reality like reality where you know most human beings have turned into batteries for the robots and <laughs> you know the rest of the lot are you know there's like two human beings who are running the robots something like this no agree no <laughs> no i uh, yeah actually <laughs> i'm smiling as you're talking yeah we we have many topics to cover but i'm going to ask you two or three more questions and then try and wind this up because it's late for you and it's we, we'll do this series like i now have a 10 part series on the agenda so so don't worry about this, this is going to be a lot of fun but a quick question this uh, as i say again pop question cube cube amps versus digital amps don't have a view i i think digital amps <laughs> you like digital amps <laughs> i think digital amps and i'll tell you why <laughs> easier to maintain ha agree easier to Easy. no but all that's saying that there is the human warmth and i don't know whether you detect any of that i don't detect much of so it honestly so for me so for <laughs> me right like i listen to lps by the way i do listen to lps right so there is that side but of you, me which you, you is you do have lps with digital amps and you have lps with cube amps so exactly uh, so and now you have lps with bluetooth also in the back end which means you can you can just stream it to your regular marshall or whatever you're using every day so correct correct mine mine is 1 degree less sophisticated does not have bluetooth but has a usb connector huh. which will basically permit me to effectively rip an huh. lp right yes. like so i don't have a problem with that but i'll i'll say at the end of the day there is a certain convenience to being able to just hook that up to my existent home theater system and be able to just play it right and that out of the box experience literally out of the box experience is something which is important but as i become more and more engrossed in it i know my own habits as well i will likely veer towards the classic approach to it and head towards the tube amp etc etc eventually i i think that's where this is going Good eventually tube amps will set you back by about 10 to 15000 usd but yeah that's a different i know i know what you're saying i i know what you're saying so so somewhere in here i have a feeling that my wife is going to be like bro this is enough fun bahut ho gaya abhi this is like me like i am a i i still dabble a bit in uh, photography and i always say that a leica is great and people tell me uh, what do you see in that $10000 camera and i'm like i don't see anything but it's okay I'd rather i see something but but yeah i mean i might never buy no, like 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 a hasselblad they're like right up there right like yeah, and, and right. The, the quality is like i mean come on come on like <laughs> come on like that's not even a conversation right like here me humble nikon dslr user like <laughs> uh, it's all aspirational right like but but i mean you can achieve a really great outcome with a i mean it's about perspective at the end of the day as well but a great d70 d750 plus 12 yeah, lenses yeah, yeah. can give you a few things right but you know you're not going to get the outcomes of a steven curry right <laughs> let's let's measure our own capabilities a little bit as well is what no, i know absolutely i, I, I constantly say that myself to my no, absolutely <laughs> and you are right i think if you buy a tube amp and you're going to play it in an apartment complex where there are 30 kids running downstairs uh, you don't you don't get the warmth anyway which you are supposed to you might you, you you might then go out and take a cricket bat to the tube amp which i don't <laughs> think you want to do okay that was the pop question uh uh 
actually one more pop question and then we'll go to the final question uh this is completely unrelated to music but i just thought i i was talking to you and something occurred to me mamta didi versus alternative <laughs> what's the alternative like the same question which is applicable to india as a nation right is applicable to west bengal as a state what is the alternative i damn well have a woman in a position of power beating the crap out of anyone trying to harass a woman right with with any evils that might accompany accompany that then have whatever else is the alternative because you know the mind boggles shall i say <laughs> yeah yeah how is it different between like i have never lived in bengal but between the basu regime and mamta didi is there a big difference no i'll tell you this that like west bengal has a certain cadence to it which is its life blood right that cadence is a very slow tempo all right people scoff at this they scorn at this but i believe that if that tempo were to be speeded up in any manner right you would lose all semblance of intellectual output that comes from west bengal and there is a significant yeah, yeah. body of intellectual output that, that state has provided absolutely yeah and i think that the reason that it there is is because you know what that we've kept the dopamine calibrated at a rather <laughs> low level and are satisfied with gentle spikes we are not going with lucy in the sky with diamonds yeah yeah, yeah. right for oh, the great. significant jumps of dopamine and rather we are burning slow and burning bright and it's a situation where you get <laughs> fantastic outcomes like the bose earphones i'm using and god knows what yeah, yeah, yeah. no there are there is far too much good which comes out of uh, bengal as a community i i don't know particularly about the state but as a community i think they they are genuinely leagues ahead of uh, i would say any other community in, including in stuff like finance and stuff like arts and stuff like they they dominate a lot of things and meaningfully dominate i mean i don't mean dominate just by their sheer power or uh, incumbent nature but i think they dominate Uh, you know, I saw this statistic where they were basically measuring, um, you know, uh, Nobel prizes by gender and Nobel prizes by nationality. I'd love to measure Nobel prizes by state <laughs> or state of origin or community, and then see exactly how many Bengalis have got Nobel prizes. No, I think even if they didn't win, I I think by the way it'll come out to be a very large skew. but even if he so didn't three or the, four at least i think uh-huh. three or four at least but even if he didn't get the skew on paper i think uh, look i think a lot of bengal dominates in a lot of manner uh, one last question and then in interest of time we'll give you back your weekend and we will continue this whenever we can maybe next week or the week after that uh, again i'm going back to music and i have at least another 20 questions or 30 conversations on music or rabbit holes to explore but uh, look today you and actually even i we do what we call as fairly mundane jobs right i don't think our jobs are very sexy or whatever whatever they are they are they are very mundane in any kind of description how does uh, how does your strong background i mean you you're not a star you're not a you're not a rock performer but you have a very strong uh, intellectual background in music and probably books and a few other things which we'll cover 
but how does it uh, help you in your everyday job i mean uh, what i'm trying to ask is like there is also a school of thought which always says that uh, uh, the people who dabble in everything will dabble in everything and the people who dabble in one thing will become superstars and and uh, i unfortunately dabble in far too many things because of my interest and it always worries me that matlab uh, some sort of fomo worries me ki matlab mera to lag gaya matlab i am not going to go anywhere in life and i think it shows but honestly i don't know any other way to exist i i like a lot of different things in life i enjoy science i enjoy music i enjoy something else i enjoy something and i want to try and understand that and for me the way i've rationalized it is i think it's a very essential way of understanding the broader contours of life and meaning and purpose and whatever whatever ways you want to rationalize it spirituality blah 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 so just curious uh, if you were not into music would today uh, would your today be different or would you just be still very good at what you do and which you are but i'm saying even in our mundane jobs like you you are very good i have i've seen you so i i understand that my question is would does all of these weird backgrounds contribute to that everyday job or is not statistically relevant yeah i mean like directly or indirectly right every experience that you have in life in some way basically goes towards composing the jigsaw puzzle that is you as a human being right and and you went into like you know the entire be the master or be the jack of all trades right like or like which is it that you should be right and um, and and it's very interesting because perhaps that is at the very core of servant leadership the fact that basically you don't need to be the master of all you don't need the ma- need to be the master of one right if you are if you are, can appreciate all and you can appreciate more than one right you're likely going to be a more empathetic individual let's call that aside that's a different rabbit hole but coming to music i do think that if there was no music in my life and that's that's a horrific thought highly dystopian um i would probably be different right and it's highly possible that i probably wouldn't be able to articulate emotion very well right because a lot of i believe that a lot of our emotion is through music intonation stuff like that right because like it starts off when we are in the wombs with with our mother right the the sense of comfort that we get i told talked about heartbeat right that first lub dub lub dub sound yep, yep. right absolutely what's that that's percussive right that's that's percussive music that's tempo that's that's there's a cadence to that which provides comfort right and then you carry on from there right there are there's music everywhere religion has music not just hinduism it it's there in judaism it's there in christianity it's there in islam right and you and it's there in buddhism like the yeah, intonation chance, and incantation chance, is there everywhere chants right? have been around forever I mean, it's forever there in as nature, uh, yeah, right. It's absolutely. It's bird song and so many different things, right? So just think about that. If we were to wipe that out for a minute, and the only noise that you had, or the only sound that you had, was conversation, say, and potentially traffic noise, and beeps of you know yeah, yeah. machines. That's just. I think that's. I think that's a different music. it is a different music also it's much harder to find patterns there or exactly it's much harder to 
to relate to those patterns because some of it will appear as noise to your mind is my belief that's mm-hmm. where i believe that but uh, one one associated last question and then we'll absolutely end uh, is that what what i what i was also trying to understand from you is suppose uh, let's say music was very much around and uh, it is what it is in the society and all of that but suppose you didn't have music would that dramatically change you today as a person i mean do you have a thought like I, i'll probably uh, just give my summary answer for me uh, music is a fundamental way to uh, like i have a far better understanding of some cultures which includes india and let's say the us or the uk without and having lived in an india where travel was not there and you didn't have the ability to even see photographs of how us and uk look but because you had a musical influence or the ability to draw some music from those lands uh, i have a strong uh, cultural view of these places which might be false which might be just a build up in my head I, it might not mirror reality but for example i listen to a lot of middle eastern music and middle east is something I, which is still quite a black box broadly a black box to me but uh, it's fascinating and uh, so it it was in that sense i was asking like would it would it alter your being in any form or shape and in correlation or not correlation but in in the context of your mundane job is in would it impact your everyday mundaneness of cooking eating working whatever whatever are those five six things i think so because it it feels an important part of my life today right and it does so for my family as well to be fair very personally speaking right without music right i probably would find myself you know without what is effectively this weird intangible filler in my life right it fills this these weird micro voids which exist in our life through the day right we just don't realize it right it will take something weird like someone kind of wiping out music and like a social experiment right zero music and you're just living life and then you see exactly how it goes and that's strange that to me is strange it's almost unfathomable it's not something i can quite get my head around and just thinking about it is actually rattling me a little bit I, i'm beginning to realize so so no i i probably would be very different i probably would be you know very less calm as an individual you know hyper as i am but probably less calm as an individual uh, you know were there to be no music in my life no no fantastic so as promised uh, nilesh i'll try and wrap this up so uh, two or three things look i have another 30 questions and 10 rabbit holes to explore with you now i have written down i literally uh, yeah yeah we we literally this will become a 10 part series at the minimum if not more uh, but uh, one quick thing right look uh, it's fascinating talking to you i mean uh, genuinely as a friend as the a the feeling brother. is mutual the feeling is very mutual <laughs> <laughs> but but i think you're being kind see what what is very what is very uplifting for me uh, every time i talk to you is uh, uh, is is i see a depth of uh, engagement with the world around right which is very which is becoming rarer and i'm not judging the world around me i'm not saying the world is a horrible place none of that shit all i'm trying to say is it's becoming rarer and rarer to see and meet individuals who engage with the world in a very deep meaningful way uh, and in their own limited ways right which means you might engage in music you might engage in let's say exercise or you might engage in let's say books or whatever but uh, 
but uh, that is one and the second is uh, look you are very articulate it helps immensely to hear clarity of thought which is expressed in an articulate manner so uh, on that note uh, thank you and it's uh, before it's a wrap i'll just let you have the closing comments and then we'll wrap and we will follow this up to whoever is listening or even for our own posterity we'll follow this up in a week or two or whenever you have time but uh, i'll let you have the last word and then we'll wrap up or yeah so words. then you know what thank you for thank you for having me this has been a fantastic conversation and you've actually helped me <laughs> articulate actually a few things about music that i probably had thought and felt but had not necessarily realized so now i'm Uh, all the more appreciative of the music which exists in my life <laughs> and, and 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 if we've managed to do that for our victims for this one and a half hours uh, our dear listeners then uh, you know good for them i hope that they find their music in their lives and, no, and no, that's absolutely. that's that's it <laughs> and and look you don't have to thank me ever you, you you've been a huge influence in my life uh, you you're a dear friend you're a brother and this is this is ours i mean in the sense you don't have to thank this is me ours. for this you don't have to thank me for anything look uh, one thing i was uh, talking to my child today right and today is the first time he heard some episodes and he was telling me he loves the series so and which is very strange because he usually is very very critical of everything i do like i do some art and he say it's fuck all and i do some writing and he'll say me ko kuch samajh mein nahi aata random shit likhta rehta hai and all that he'll keep telling and today he told me and i was driving with him we had gone to buy some grocery and it was a long drive and i told him look do you want to listen something he said yeah and i made him listen to two episodes and the guy told me this is fantastic i want to listen more and i asked him why so his point of view was very simple right he said look you don't uh, talk so much at home and this is clear articulate and nice and he actually told me something which was probably very worthwhile right made this whole effort worthwhile he said i'm going to listen to this often and repeatedly so i said look this is this is worth it for just this i'm going to do this for the next 10 years so i was laughing and telling him that just for this compliment i'm going to do this but i think that's between us as well right that's what i meant between us as yeah. well look this posterity will help us for our families for ourselves for our friends i mean this is fantastic and i genuinely enjoyed it uh, so i'm going to stop the recording you can still stay on for a few minutes but uh, yeah. thank you all it's a wrap up and we end our recording with the record but